Welcome to this shifting moment. This is a podcast in which we're seeking a profound shift in the way that we react to things. We do that through weekly discussions and twice weekly readings and responses from some of the great thinkers and spiritual writers. And my name is Richard, and I'm a spiritual coach and a mindfulness teacher with over 20 years of experience in treatment and private practice. And my name is Josh, and I'm an ordained pastor and a writer with a history of directing spiritual communities. We want you to be a part of everything that we do. We look forward to hearing your thoughts and suggestions. Please contact us at 424-341-3860 and follow us on This Shifting Moment on Instagram and Facebook. I think I've been so wrapped up in the, like, the working stuff of it, like making sure all the practical stuff is done. And I feel yeah. like I haven't done, I feel like Chels is like light years ahead in terms of doing the emotional work and like all of the, you know, preparation for this is coming in. And really the work I've done has been like, okay, is everything set? Like <laughs> car seats yeah, in, like you got all this in the bank. You got like, all the doing stuff going on. Right. Right. But, and, but now you get to kind of slow down and, and begin to feel what it feels like to be a nurturer somebody who's going to be nurturing somebody into their into the world and helping them to make choices and to to feel cared for yeah man that's that's all hit me really hard today <laughs> i might cry like four times in this podcast and you know just that's okay i mean in. i think i think you know i mean chelsea's probably she's had time to sit down and think about it because she's got the physical burden it's exactly. a little bit it's difficult there. for you and that's always there and so she's had to make those adjustments in her life and i think because you're a couple of days away i think it might be the good time for you to just you know take a break and go for a walk and just be you know who you are or maybe spend time with your father that's a really good call i should actually i should call him I called him yesterday, but we were talking about something completely different. I just need to maybe call him and just head over there and go take a walk with him or something. That's what I would do. I would go mm. have a cup of coffee with him and mm. take a walk with him and talk to him about what fatherhood has meant to him. And and don't be afraid to I mean, how wonderful it would be for your father to be asking mm. for to advice. Be asked. Yeah, to that's, be asked. you're exactly right. It's, it's exactly what right. you and I talked about in our last in our last episode mm. is about giving somebody a blessing you know right I mean, the last thing in the world your father needs to do is to need is to need to think that you don't value his opinion that's exactly right no you're exactly right that's yep i need to just jump into that i'll do that right after this because <laughs> that's that's been weighing on me pretty hard and just you know i think i think the other stuff that comes with this is you begin to kind of especially when you're in recovery you begin to kind of remember like, oh, wait, when did all this start? You know, I begin thinking back like when I was a little kid and, you know, what what little things and stuff. And then, you know, you go down that rabbit trail far enough and you kind of realize like this is just you can't, you can't do that. That's that's <laughs> you, you to wanting to be. Yeah, that's you wanting to be in control. Exactly. Exactly. So the only thing yeah, I can do I, is save for either a college uh, fund or, uh, you know, a rehab stint. Who <laughs> who knows? Either or. <laughs> I'll tell them you get one fund. You pick which way it goes. It's either, it's either left or right. It's left or right. Once it's done, you're on your own. On your own. Each is an education in itself. So you and make the choice. Th 
and they both can have equal value to be honest with that, you I honest think to god today. i think my my journey through treatment and sober livings and all that kind of stuff and through i mean that's how i met you that's how i you know that was a master class mm-hmm. <laughs> in just life you know in in the stuff that we barely learn how to do in school, you know, making your bed on, th- waking up on time, getting to the place on time, creating structure. Yeah. And I mean, you doing those early readings in your car, I'll, I'll never forget you talking about that on one of the earlier podcasts, yeah. Yeah. you know, and how that, you know, it kind of forced you it, you know, it's again, you know, having a child, it's, it's really like about believing in them. Hmm. Hmm. I don't think it's that much different than in than in than what you and I've been through in recovery. I love that, man. Well, let's let's um. You want to you want to get going in terms of like? I mean, we I can do this stuff. I thought are we, we going, already okay, were. <laughs> it's like here we go, launching right on in. No, this I, is. I mean, I, I, I think um, we're I think we're already there. I think you're right. You're right, and I'm just catching up to it. So uh, we'll either edit that or that's beautiful. We'll keep it in. But um, I think I think what you just said could make a whole episode just in terms of it's just about really believing in them i think wow what a powerful (laughs) i've thought of so many different other things in terms of what it means to kind of be a a father or a parent or you know responsible for that and believing in them is not something that i had ever thought to do (laughs) that's a really powerful thing and again believing them without condition it's like coming back to the values that opening values prayer is about being unconditional. It's like our, if we're believing in somebody, it, it you know, a lot of times we don't know when that's going to come to fruition and it may never, but ultimately mm. if we're, if we, if, if one of our values is, is to give people the gift of our belief in them, mm. it should be unconditional. That's really beautiful. I love that. I, I once, um, I don't know if I've told the story in the podcast before, but I actually like four or five years ago at this point, got to hang out with Richard Rohr. And I think I've told that story before, but um, I had a chance just to interact with them really briefly and figured I probably had a chance for like one question. <laughs> um, and so I was, that, Chelsea was pregnant at that point. And, uh, and I asked him just, you know, at, from his opinion, as a spiritual father, like that kind of a thing, like, what's the, what's the best piece of advice that you could give me or wisdom that you could give me on, on being a father? And he said, really play, like no hesitation, just right out of his mouth. He was like, just be in awe of everything. And then he he paused and he said, because what you're in awe of is truly what you'll pass down to your kids. Mm-hmm. And then it just went on. And I was like, and that is just like a, <laughs> a sage just popping in, but that's, that's it. It's almost the same thing as like that belief. It's thing. the same it's, thing. It's, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like being, 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 being love, you know, yeah. being love in their life, being and having it be unconditional. That's it. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And not worrying about not sweating all that small stuff, but just going for, you know, because hey, I, is... I think so many parents, you know, they start to raise children, they start to have an agenda mm-hmm. that it needs to look this way or needs to look that way, because they're kind of living in fear a lot of, of that, you know, this individual won't be able to support themselves or care about themselves. And we, I mean, ultimately, you know, sometimes pushing people to do what we think they should do. You and I both know that. Um Sometimes people <laughs> can be defiant, you know, and yeah. it does exactly the opposite of what we really wanted to do. And I think, you know, loving each other into wellness 
you know, as as hurly whirly and hoochie coochie as that seems. Yeah, that's that's actually a really beautiful line. I think right? it's a really I think it's a really important thing. Mm. And and to help them feel that love for themselves, help help them care about who they are. Mm. I and love what they that have idea to offer. Loving someone into wellness. And that what I mean mm-hmm. So often, yeah, I think I think you're right. Even in parenting and stuff, that's such a huge thing that it's not. You're often not loving your child into wellness. You're often disciplining mm-hmm. your child into wellness or <laughs> crushing the environment and that you- I grew up in. Was a lot the church environments and stuff that I grew up in were a lot like that. You know, they were very disciplinary, like that kind of stuff. And I, I gotta be honest. Now in my thirties, looking around at the same people that were in those rooms, I'm like, this didn't work. <laughs> This was not no. a strong move. Well, and I think it's important that, that if if you're going to love somebody into wellness, you've got to be an example of that loving wellness for yourself. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I mean, what a gift that this is me now and, and not that, me. And this is what we yep. get when we do, you know, good spiritual work, you know, and it comes mm. back to my relationship with me. Who who am I? Mm. Who the hell am I? Mm. And that's and a that's, daily question. <laughs> and that's the daily question. And that's that's what we should be, you know, that's that's the spiritual work. That's, you know, to me, I think that's coming back to the values work that we did early on in the podcast. Yeah. And I think when when we are living in those values for ourselves and we bring a, a another living creature into the world, um, our example is what is what they're gonna follow. I mean, mm. I, I mean, I can't tell you the number of people that have come into my office. It's like, I'm always, they're wondering, it's like, I wonder why I do this. And I wonder, well, what did your mom and dad do? Yeah. Oh, wow. They did the same thing. Yeah. And yeah. so that's, you know, we, we learned how to be a human being, how to be a parent, how to be a friend, how to be mm. a father, how to be a mother, how to be a member of our community. We learned that from the people that were around. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Because when you're asking that daily question of, you know, who am I? And (laughs) what is that? That's when you have the people around you. That's when Mm -hmm. that magic happens. That's when you can actually get an answer to that question. (laughs) It would be confirmed by the people. There's an old story of um, a guy, Rabbi Akiva, who's a really famous rabbi, was walking through a a town to a guarded gate. And he was going to go and speak in this village. And the guarded gate was there and the guard was there. And from the top of the guard gate, he just shouted down at Rabbi Akiva, who are you and what's your business here? And Rabbi Akiva paused for a second, turned around and left for a day. And then he came back and the guy said the same thing. He's like, who are you and what's your business here? And Rabbi Akiva said, I've been thinking about this for a day and I've come back now. What do they pay you? I will double what they pay you if you will come and follow me and ask me that question every day of my life. <laughs> and, wow. and that was kind of the, you know, just someone His way there, of being accountable, right? Someone there to say, who are you and what's your business here? You know, just, mm-hmm. just that daily check-in of, and I think that's a really beautiful question to ask ourselves in almost any situation. Like, okay, wait, who am I in this? And then what's my business here? And in all honesty, mm-hmm. sometimes we think our business is completely different than it actually mm-hmm. is in that moment. <laughs> so checking that, in with ourselves is, yeah, a good way to There's a reading that I have in one of my, in one of my books by, you know, the great Buddhist author, uh, Jack Cornfield, And he, he talks about, you know, when you talk to people at the end of their life on their, on their deathbed, they're, they don't really, they're not really, Nobody's really talking about how many books you wrote or how much money you have in your bank account. It really comes down to how well have I loved and how have I been willing to let go? Mm. Wow. And how have I been willing to let go? 
and that's truly it because we're just carrying all that stuff until the we end. We carry all that stuff. We all mm. this all the stories of our not being good enough. And again, when you're bringing a child into the, into the room, if you don't feel really good about who you are, this is the time. That's it. That's to it. Con- to yeah. con- I mean, to be that honest, sh- that yeah. stuff rubs off. I got to be real. It, yeah, I mean, it will it will rub off, and it's and it's intuitive. People get a sense mm. of it. it mm. It's not something that's overt. Yeah, that's right. It's sort of you can. It's almost like a dog. You can smell it. You know, you like can smell it. Yeah, fear, you can right. sense. You right. can sense the uncertainty and the doubt mm. and the fear and the and the and the not knowing. You know. Yeah. And yeah. any discomfort that we have with that. And I, so I think, yeah, this would be a great time for you to be really on top of your daily practices. And- totally, totally. And that's, yeah, that's, um, that's something that, yeah, again, if, if I'm on those practices too, the beauty is that really does get like transferred down. I remember mm-hmm. um, he wasn't even my dad, but I had a mentor in my life. Um, his name was Dieter. He was like a music leader, um, and he was also uh, the the dad of my two best friends. And so I was always over at his house. But that guy would wake up every morning at 5 a.m. and go on a big run, and then he would come back, and he would journal, and he would pray. <laughs> he had like this really rigid routine kind of a thing, um, which you know ended up being whatever it was. But the cool thing that got passed down was that work ethic of like, oh, wow, you can do that in the morning. You can work a full-time job, and you can do that, and you can have your own practice. You can do your own thing. And that kind of trickled down to me going like, oh, I haven't seen that modeled before. And I just saw that modeled. So now mm-hmm. I can take that. And if I want to do that, I can do that in my life. You know, that's that's kind of the beautiful thing about mm-hmm. being human. We're some of the only creatures that can go, oh, look how that's done. And then we get to put that we in can, our pocket. <laughs> we can kind of mimic stuff that feels like right. it feels good for us. Yeah. Right. So tell me what you're feeling. I want to know how yes. you're feeling. Yeah. I mean, I think there's the obvious ones are fear and then excitement. Um, in case anybody doesn't know, oh, that's Josh, a good point. Yeah, <laughs> in case anybody doesn't know, hasn't been following the podcast, um, uh, Josh and his wife are scheduled to have a baby probably in the next four or five days. By the time you hear this, probably, yeah, likely. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, we go in on Thursday and uh, and she's getting induced, which basically means you know, we'll we'll kind of wait and see once we get there in terms of mm-hmm. the time and everything, but. It's really happening. So, yeah, I mean, I and, and sorry for everyone who's listening for <laughs> the past 20 minutes and didn't know what we were talking about, but here we are. Um, but I yeah, I think the obvious stuff is um, is the fear that's there. And I, I think a lot of that just comes from uncertainty and, and not knowing, you know, it, you just you fear the unknown. Like, I don't know, uh, what, you know, how I'm going to be as a father. You know, all those things are, are big question marks. But um, I think for me, this is just as much as getting sober or or being in recovery for me as a person, because of the person I'm married to almost, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. almost, this is me really showing up in a way that like, I think um, it's almost like an amends to my own life, you know, for, mm-hmm. for me to kind of step into this and, and do this is an amends to everyone around me, <laughs> to my family, to, to for all, all the, this. all the years that you didn't show up and, and- show up and, and, and in all honesty, I think, you know, the years that, um, that, I mean, years are precious, you know, and especially when you're, you're trying to do this, so there's a window of time and it's really difficult. And for those out there that are struggling in that department, I'm with you. Like we, we went through, you know, almost a decade of hell in that. Um, and, 
yeah, to be on in this moment on the other side of that is both really emotional and then almost, you know, it's it feels so surreal because we've had so many, you know, starts and stops with it that uh, there's almost a part of me, and this is a good thing for us to talk about, there's almost a part of me that's holding out hope, <laughs> you know, because hope can be painful if we get mm -hmm. shut down. You know what I mean? And so there is a protective layer that I can feel that's kind of there that's going like, okay, don't <laughs> don't let yourself fully be there. And then at the same time, there's a little voice in me that just says like, no, you, you need to fully be there and just kind of, you know, walk into it and move into it. So, yeah, I think if you can make sense of any of that, that's kind of where my head is. <laughs> it's a giant sort of scramble, but that's where it is. Well, that's that's the fear, I think. Mm hmm. You know, because if you're really, really there, mm. if you really give yourself permission to be there, that can be really scary because it's vulnerable. Mm. And you have to be with the uncertainty and not knowing, right? Right, right. You do. And it's us, and anything other than that is us kind of wanting to be in control, you know? And totally. it's so really, it's about s surrendering to what you're, we're experiencing. Mm. That's beautiful. And, and allow yourself to really experience it and allow it to be difficult. Allow it to be painful. Allow tears to come. Allow yourself to be, I would, to me, I would give myself permission to be completely emotional. That's beautiful because that's all I have. Been. <laughs> I think that I, we were talking about this when we first hopped on, but I was like, I might cry four times during this podcast because little things are getting me these days. I was watching a movie last night and I just started ball. You know, it's, it, I think you get into these places where, uh, you're just more emotionally in touch with yourself, but it's also like, it's a lot. <laughs> so mm -hmm. like you're, you're on a hair trigger and, um, and you could kind of, it's not a breakdown, but it is, it is kind of, it's a beautiful place to be, to see that like this kid is already opening up these sort of like new levels of like sort of vulnerability and rawness mm -hmm. that I didn't know I possessed. <laughs> and and, and it's, it's one of the things that a lot of times we go through life protecting Mm -hmm. uh, because we don't want to show that vulnerable side. We don't want to show that because it fe a lot of times we've been taught that that's a weakness or that it's, totally. you know, a failure or that I'm not who I, it doesn't look how it should look. But again, mm -hmm. this is one of those moments where we get to really kind of allow ourselves to, to have the experience and not be, not be overly self-protective. Totally. And just be honest about where you are. Cause I think that's mm -hmm. the most important thing. I, I, I think that's the, the gift that recovery keeps on giving me is that if there's a vulnerable or raw moment, even if it's small, if it's something like I did something wrong at work, just letting my boss in on that, knowing like, Hey, I think I messed up here just, and can you help me? That lets them in on the, the, the base level of your troubles and your pain <laughs> and they get to see you kind of rise and ascend with that. And so they get to see the whole journey. They get to participate in it. And that ends up being way more rewarding than you just kind of showing up one day and being like, all oh, my problems are solved and I did it on my own. You know, I, I think with the, with the challenge of, you know, being a parent at 34 years old and uh, not having a ton of money in the bank and and doing all of that, there's a whole bunch of sort of, emotional rawness that's behind that and i've just been kind of letting people in as vulnerable as that is you know saying like that's that's our that's our thing right now and i'm i'm trying to work my life into a way to to get out of that and that's hard you know it's really hard right now but mm -hmm. it's also you know letting letting those who can help in that journey are pouring into my life like never before and it's it's a beautiful beautiful thing to see but i that wouldn't be available <laughs> if i wasn't being raw and honest and and it's not you know that that's not money pouring it what that is is people are being 
Yeah, well, it could be money pouring in. It could but... be. It could be. Listener, it could <laughs> be. And my Venmo be. is at Jacoby. <laughs> uh, no, but, but just. But, uh... I, but I think, you know, we have a we have a big audience all over the world. And oh. I, to me, I would ask everybody to just kind of remember that what Josh is going through over the next couple of days and, you know, and say a prayer and send a mm. well wish, you know, mm. and. And um, we, we're always happy to hear from you. And I know it would really lift Josh's spirits a little bit if if the people on the podcast were kind of present to what we got going on. I absolutely agree. Yeah. And I'll be we'll post some pictures and stuff like that, too, because I think that could mm-hmm. be that could be really fun and cool. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, but I mean, I, I think you're so correct in the way that, uh, yeah, letting people in in your in your vulnerability is actually the key to kind of. I don't think you can form an adult relationship without something like that happening. You know what I mean? Like you could have sort of acquaintances and whatever, but deep friendships and like real intimacy mm-hmm. happens on those levels where you're just like, oh boy. I think <laughs> we had can come in. We had one of our readings on the podcast, I think, by Ronald Rollhauser that talks about vulnerability and intimacy. Mm. And, you know, and and the value of being able to have, you know, intimate relationships in your life as the result of being open and vulnerable and letting people in and letting mm-hmm. people see us um, in an imperfect way and in a way that maybe we don't want to be always seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's a way that's honoring what we're really experiencing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that, yeah, our, our capacity to be vulnerable is our capacity to uh to to relationally grow i, I think it, it it's it, those are those two are inextricably linked if <laughs> the more intimate and vulnerable we are the more relationship we will have in our lives and you know real there's relationship. there's um there's a greek word that you very don't very often hear in western uh psychological discussions and it's this um it's this word called exousia and exousia it's a greek word and it they talk about the vulnerability of an innocent child and and that if you put if you put um the most powerful man in the world in a room with a vulnerable child where who would have the most power that's fascinating wow obviously the man the big strong man would have have power of strength but the baby has the power of vulnerability. You you mm. want to care for it. You want to take care of it. You want mm. to hold it. You want to nurture it. And so it has this it has this vulnerable sensibility that um, that far outweighs the power of, of of mere strength. Wow, that's amazing. That's incredible. And I, I love that that sort of juxtaposition of power and that image of you know, who has, who has more. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I love that, that we can consider vulnerability just as powerful as, as that other stuff. I, you know, my pastor self jogs right into like, in that narrative, in that story, there's a, there's a Christ comes as a child, right? So this vulnerable little thing in the, in the juxtaposition of here's this big other empire that could be that big other guy. And the spiritual solution is always found in the little thing that has to be cared for, that has to be nurtured, that is that vulnerable. So like, that's Mm -hmm. the, that's the spiritual lesson in it. It's that, you know, your, your freedom is actually found in the fragile (laughs) vulnerability and and that, and not in the might and power and strength and Mm -hmm. I'll crush you. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. more in the, 
tenderness, which I think is a term that we don't use a lot. You know, exactly tender. They they say that tenderness, being able to display a sense of tenderness, is really a sign of strength. Wouldn't that be a crazy value to have? Have you ever had anyone who's like, I really want to be tender? Because <laughs> that's that's. I think really I cool have value. actually. Yeah. I think I I think really I cool have. One. Mm. Yeah, I mean, believe me, I've been doing values work with people for so I've long. Everything, right? I can't imagine and there's anything I've seen on Just somebody's throw out a bunch of adjectives and yeah. say, but yeah, no, but, um, to be I tender is, mm -hmm. I mean, to have that stance in the world, that's a pretty powerful, bold stance. And to be tender towards oneself. Mm. Which is so hard. Which is so hard. And that's the way, at least the way I do the values, you know, we first bring them towards us because if i if i can be tender towards myself i can be an example of tenderness when i'm out in the world interacting with other, other people but it otherwise it's transactional that's right i was actually oh you'd be you'd love this i don't remember what his name it's dr huberman or humerman i'll look it up and i'll put it in the show notes um for people but he's like a phd stanford dude who specializes in addiction um, and his, uh, he, he had like a fascinating kind of, um, I don't even know what you call it. Like it's like a, multiple tweets at once, but just sort of a, a thread, um, that was all about like, like be wary of things that spike your dopamine really fast and then mm -hmm. bring you back down. You know what I mean? And he was like, <laughs> be wary of, of sort of anything in your recovery that's, you can reach to it really quickly and get a big dose of, I feel good. He's like, mm -hmm. that actually doesn't regulate your nervous system in a proper way. And so you kind of have that hang, like hungry ghost syndrome going on because mm -hmm. you're always looking for that next dopamine fix so his whole thing was like like the the measured life like the practice that we're talking about that daily rhythm that sort of thing and less of those you know huge arms in your air mountaintop moments are actually the key to experiencing like happiness on a daily level like and and i think that's just like so right i love it when science collides <laughs> with the stuff right. that we've already kind of been doing you know what i mean because mm -hmm. that's that's what i found in in recovery it wasn't going to the coolest church service around or finding the best sponsor, whatever it was, it wasn't finding that person or that thing. It was the daily rhythm of, of my spiritual practice and, and, and getting into that, that mm -hmm. ended up unfolding that for me. It wasn't, you know, the, the spike, <laughs> which, yeah. Yeah. Again, we don't have to have a big show moment. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No, it can just be, it can be low and slow, that crock pot sort of, mm -hmm. <laughs> Spiritual. Everybody I, wants it. Everybody it, wants it to be be a big old show moment because that's what we're used to. Mm, we're looking right. for the we're looking for the drama, but it's not really about that. Yeah, and it doesn't last. And I think mm -hmm. I think that's that's kind of in in terms of my own head journey with being a father and stuff. Uh, it's the the stuff that I've been thinking about more and more and more is how do I want to um, you know introduce this child to spirituality you know and the, the that kind of tradition and stuff and and it's the stuff that lasts that i want to introduce them to it's not the those spiky mountain height moments <laughs> which are beautiful mm -hmm. and they have their place but like it, it, there's also something to be said about just finding a simple rhythm and introducing them to that as well um which maybe introduce them to quiet I hope that they could be introduced to quiet. <laughs> I mean, I'll be sending them to you for values work. You can introduce at 2 them in the morning. You can introduce them to silence. That's it. That's it. Hmm. Oh, I'm excited for you, man.
Thank you, man. Well, thank you for this this time and and this just opening up this space. And I hope this is helpful to anyone who's kind of you know. In I, I a mean, I think it spot. is. I, I I can't I can't imagine it would be helpful regardless of whether you're a parent or a parent to be or want to be or whatever. Um, I think it's really helpful to 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 be able to kind of experience other people going through their transitions and yeah. and it all applies to it applies to everyone you know well, i think yeah i think what i'm standing in is like a threshold moment is kind of the, the mm -hmm. spiritual term for that it's you know I'm, I'm leaving one world and entering another and mm -hmm. that is universal that doesn't have to be a baby that doesn't have to you can do that in recovery you can do that day to day you can do that <laughs> with in in illness or losing exactly. a parent or something like that it's it's you know we have these we have these moments in life that are pivotal, right. you know, and that they, like they said, there are these threshold moments that it, it'll, it won't go back to the way it was. It won't. And then the choice is yours there, right? Do you want to mm -hmm. bemoan that, that, that choice or that threshold is ultimately going to happen anyway? Or mm -hmm. do you want to celebrate it and like run into it and, and just enjoy it? And right. I think that's the, uh, the quote uh, that I heard recently is, um, have you, have you been playing the song so hard you forgot to dance you know have you, there, have you, yeah <laughs> have you been grinding it out so hard that you forgot what this was all about and um and i'm hoping that i i, I know that this little baby is going to break that wide open in me and all of the sort of cynicalness of me <laughs> um and there's going to be a whole lot more just raw joy around which is going to be so awesome to see so yeah well, thank you everybody for sharing this with us <laughs>